Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning. How are we doing? Yes, I like this. Welcome live stream as well. I'll tell you why I like this, because I've been gone for a little bit. In the last week, I was at a church, and I'll tell you what, love the church, trying to help it out a little bit, uh, uh, but man, I just love the response, right? So I say, good morning, and people shout out, what? Yes, yes. This is like back and forth. If you are a guest here, if you're online, we just make a lot of noise, okay? We're okay with uh, laughing here. We're okay with um, raising our hands, getting loud. Yes. That's a signal. We like clapping, all kinds of things, dancing, appropriate dancing, appropriate dancing. But hey, we're going to have some fun. I'm so, number one, thankful for Danielle, uh, for Danielle. I always mess that up. It's Daniel. It's not Danielle. It's Daniel. Uh, um, uh, uh, from Canada. Actually, he was the guy who spoke about and spoke into our series, uh, Why Though, the last week about prayer. So if you missed that, he's from Canada but Chinese, American, Canadian, anyways, good guy, but a great talk on prayer. And if you're a guest and you're thinking, what are we talking about? What are we doing? We're talking about certain topics. And so last week was prayer. This week is worship. Why do we worship? Why do we worship? Now, you know, and I know that music can get you in the mood or set the mood, right? How many of you say you use music to set your mood? Anybody? Anybody? Yes, 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 yes. So I want to share a little bit of my moods with you. Can I do that? A little bit of music, a little bit of, a little bit of songs, okay? I, I, don't, I don't have time for all of my favorites, but if I want to get in the mood, like, I'm like, I can do this. If I want to pump myself up and say, I'm going to do this in the future, I got this. What do I play? I play this particular song, this particular song. Yes! Right? You can do anything. Here, wait for it. Yes! I got this! Got this, got this. Okay, all right, start, 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 start. Okay, right? The power of music. Can I share another one? Okay, this is, this is when you're like, you know, I want to go in the past. You know, I don't like living in the past. I'm a future guy. But there's a certain songs, just music that transports you. There are songs that can transport you. Now, I'm going to play this. And for some of you, you're like, I don't, I don't know what's so special about this. If you don't know this, you need to leave right now. Okay, let's play this, okay, for those of you who know this. Yes! Right? Right? What do you want to do right now, right? Wait for it. Wait, wait. I don't even know what to do. Yes! Okay, good. Good. That's, yeah, that's fun, right? I got some more. I got some more. If you want to get a vibe, if you want to just get a vibe here, Nura, my daughter, and I, we do this when I drop her off uh, at school, and we play this. I don't know why in the mornings, 
Okay, this is just kind of a sweet vibe though. It's just sweet. Let's play this one. Mm, right? People are throwing out hands. Yeah, wait for it. We gotta sit on this one. Woo! I know, that's way. Come on, wait for it. Mm. Oh yeah, right? It's so much fun. Okay, I've got some more. Sorry, I got some more. Okay, let me play one more. This is a very chill. This is very chill. Okay, this is just you gotta be in the mood for this. Okay, go for it. Not chill at all. Not chill at all. This is when you want some Latin flavor. Whoa, right? Okay, now let's play something really um, chill. Let's play something really chill, for serious chill, okay? It's just kind of a mood. I think it's an evening mood. We got this? We got this? Let's do it. One day oh, that's, okay. When the glory comes, okay, sorry, the setup was different. We messed up on that one, right? <laughs> we did. It's uh, Khalid, right? Hello. You know the song? Of course you know. You always have to drive to the song. You do, you just have to drive. Now, all right, kill it, kill it, kill it, okay. But okay, lastly, now we did mess up, but we're gonna redeem this moment, okay? This song, though, gives me all the goosebumps, okay? Now, for those of you who are like, listen, this is the church, what are we doing? What are we just doing? What are we doing here? Some of you are thinking, we're leaving right now, okay? Relax, calm down, calm down, okay? Okay, we're just gonna have some fun here. But this last song, though, it gives me all the stuff. It is, I think it's a worship song, because I would like to call it a worship song, but it is a beautiful song. Now let's play that, please. One day, when the glory comes, mm. it will be ours, it will be ours. Oh, one day, when the war is won, Ooh. we will be sure. Wow. I can just keep on going to that one. But he's going to go into rap, and I can't do that what, to save my life. To save my life. Now, why do I bring this up? Because for those of you who, uh, are, who um, are in this moment, you had a visceral reaction to every song. For some of you, you're like, I don't even know it. I'm not quite sure. Others of you started moving. There's no doubt that the human spirit and the human body also, the mind is connected to music and song and lyric. There's something about that makes us want to move in rhythm. What's profound about this is that I'm convinced that there's something about this idea of rhythm and sound and music that's wired into us because of the way we've been created. Like we've been created through sound and words. Did you know that? Like God spoke into existence the universe and it's still forming and creating and happening. And there's kind of a rhythm to everything. Even scientists believe that there's a rhythm to the universe. And I just think that if that's true, then all of creation is in a dance, a beautiful dance with the creator. Now, you might go, okay, this is strange, but I'll tell you what, it is so 
intuitive for some of us. You know this, the reality. You know this to be true. Because you know that, in, that, that you and I have a certain um, connection in worship when we sing a particular kind of song. But why do we worship? Like, why is it so important for us to worship? Obviously, I know we're connected to this, but why is it? Well, it's mentioned 400 times in the scriptures, 400 times to worship. And when I mean worship, I'm talking about the idea of song and singing and praising, that kind. But then there's also 50, 50 commands to sing in the Bible. Why is it? Let me read you this particular one. Psalm 150, if you want to go to a passage, if you've got your Bibles and you've been itching to get spiritual, this is it, okay? So Psalms 150, it says this, Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his mighty works, praise his unequaled greatness, praise him with the blast, a blast of the horn, the ram's horn, Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine. How do you say that word? Tambourine. I can't even say it. Tambourine. It's not, it's not right. Listen, first of all, I'm, I'm like trilingual, so I've got all kinds of problems with languages, okay? And dancing, I get that. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a crash, clash of cymbals. Praise him with, I like this, with loud clanging cymbals, like a lot of drums. Let's get a lot of drums here, okay? And then it says, verse 6, it says, let everything that breeds, help me out with this, that breeds, what? Sing praises to the Lord. This passage, I think, is a great one to explain the seven Hebrew words that are used to help people, especially Jewish context, back in the day to understand the, the, the depth of worship. There was not just like, okay, your favorite song or anything like that. No, it was, there, was, it, there was deeper meaning to these things. And so I want to jump into those deeper meanings because I think that we have realized that there are, there are things we do in worship that we don't understand and things happen to us. And sometimes we find ourselves in an awkward place when someone's singing a song and we don't know what to do. So let me just jump into it. Can we do that? A little Hebrew uh, for you guys. Seven Hebrew words that describe uh, worship. The first one is the word halal. Can you say halal? halal? And it means to boast foolishly. And in some translations, it would say to, to act a fool, to act just crazy. This is, this is where David, if you know the story of David, uh, David acted a fool. In a sense, he danced and he just boasted. He did all kinds of things. And um, his family wasn't pleased about it. And he was like, well, I'll get more dignified than this. He, there was a, there's a point that he was like going out of his mind. Now, see, you might go, now, that's ridiculous. That's not needed in church, right? You would say that. You would say that. But how many of you have done this when it comes to your sports teams? <laughs> People paint themselves. <laughs> Who have no business taking their shirt off anywhere. <laughs> they, what do they do? They act a what? A fool. They boast about their team, and you're like, are we talking about the same team? Like, this is not even going to happen. It's not going to happen. But for some reason, we go, when it comes to God, we don't know. God's like, no, hey, that's too much for me. I'm all that, but I'm not that. I'm not as, as amazing as your team. No, 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 no. Here, in the, in, in the Jewish people, we're told, hey, when it comes to this God, you can actually act a fool. Like, you can be, you can boast foolishly even. Number two, it's the, it's the word, I like this, it's this and we know this, is, is the word uh, hilal, hilal, which means to worship 
with song. So the, God's saying, I want you to uh, understand that there is, there's something special about worshiping with a song, with lyrics and words. And so lyrics and words matter. That's why some of you, you might not even know the rhythm of the song. You might not know how this is going, but you identify with certain words. Even this morning, the second song, we were reading, we were reading the words because some of you just read the words and you just go, I resonate with this. And when you hear the, the idea of like, he's writing my story, you go, yes, 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 yes. Because you're hoping that this moment is not the end of your story, right? You're hoping that something else is out there. And so lyrics do matter. Like sometimes I listen to some worship songs or, and I'll go, that's not even true. It's not true. It's not true. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not true. And then there are some, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is special. This is unique unique. It's, there's something about that. So when you are in worship and you are just focusing on the words, don't feel bad about it because you're not singing. There's something about that. And then there's the word, the third word is the word uh, zaham, zamar, sorry, zamar. It means to worship with what? Instruments. And so there's, there's a place for songs, but then there's a, there's a place for instruments, which is really interesting because when you take this Jewish context, but you apply it to modern Christianity, what we realize is there have been worship wars. Like in the, in the 90s and in, in the early two, 200, 2000s, there was these uh, debates, churches split up uh, because of traditional service versus what? A contemporary service? For those of you who grew up in that, you remember maybe some of that? There were people who were arguing about like, well, no, 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 we can't have certain instruments in the church, we can't have this, we can't have those things. And, there, and maybe you grew up in a particular kind of Christianity that did not allow any kind of instruments. Which is interesting because in the Old Testament, he's talking about, I want you to act a fool, like lose yourself in a, in a sense. I want you to um, sing during worship, and I want you to play instruments. Instruments. Like the idea of guitar playing in uh, modern Christianity actually started in the 70s with the Jesus movement. And this Jesus movement, if anybody remembers that, that led to a particular kind of movement called the Vineyard Church Movement. The Vineyard Church Movement were these, these, uh, these churches there, that their, their primary thing was worship. They, 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 they wrote the, 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 the songs, people started singing them. And then that led to the Hillsong Movement. And you guys are familiar with Hillsong? And that church, the Hillsong, was not even called Hillsong. Did you know that? It was called something else. And their band was called Hillsong. And the band started were getting really famous, and they were like, we're changing the name of the church. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. This, 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 the, the guy who told me was Brian Houston. We were, we were having uh, lunch with a group of people, and he was like, this is actually the real story. So they led with that. But, they, but then they, they opened the doors to all kinds of instruments, and everything was allowed in. But that's a good thing, friends. It's a good thing. Let me give you the fourth word. You might know this. The fourth word up there for you is what? It's hallelujah. Did you know what that means? It means to call for corporate praise. So when I say, when we say, hey, let's, let's, let's do a hallelujah, what I'm saying is I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to sing as well, to praise. So when the worship leader is saying, hey, let's, let's, let's sing out loud, he's saying, let's do a hallelujah here in this moment. 
Let's not just you sing and you sing and I'm going to play, I'm going to play and you're going to watch. No, when we do a hallelujah, that means we all worship. There are certain churches that you walk in and there's no hallelujah going on. There isn't. There isn't, unfortunately. Why? Because somehow they've been told not to. No, 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 you don't act a fool. You're reserved. No one, no one clap. You're going to get in big trouble if you raise a hand. And it's a slippery slope when you go from nothing to this. When someone does this, you know the next is this. You know it. You know it. And then after this happens, you know this one's going straight up again. And then when that's up, you're comfortable with that, then you're into pounding. Yeah. Then you're just totally acting a fool. You've lost yourself, which is the first word, halal, to worship. Let's go to the fifth word. The fifth word is interesting. It's called yoda. Like Yoda? <laughs> what, what does it mean, though? To what? Lift your, to lift your arms <laughs> in praise and surrender. I'm no, just joking, sorry. But it is to lift your arms. It's to lift your arms. So when you do a Yoda, is when you lift your arms. There is a reason to that. It's not like, oh, this is not a denomination. We don't do that. No, 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 friends. This is... Re- this is based on the, 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 the instruction that was given to the Jewish people to worship a God who we believe in as well. They were given particular instructions to do this. So there's a reason to that. So if you find yourself going, I'm not quite sure, here's why. Because Yoda means to praise, but also what? To surrender. And there's something about surrendering your image when you go f- from this moment, movement, or for some of us, and I've been there, you have your coffee, and you go, I like it, I like it, I like it. That's good, that's good, that's good. Okay, to all of a sudden you do this. And at that moment you're like, are people going to wa- see me? Who's watching me? Who's doing this? All of a sudden, what are you doing? You're surrendering your image, your idea, your expectations. You're surrendering yourself to God's presence. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. That's why we worship like that. The sixth word is Torah, which means what? To sing in harmony with others. Have we have you had moments like that? Oh yeah, we have. We have. Not just like all of a sudden everybody shouting. No, no, no. What happens, right? I've seen this happen in Mosaic. You've seen it happen online as well. Like the, the, the worship leaders will be singing and all of a sudden they'll pull back, right? And then they'll let us sing. Right? And we're like, and on most good days, we're all in harmony, kind of, right? And it's like, it sounds like so epic. You know the power of something like this, Toda, because you know that if you go to a concert, it's your favorite band or whatever, there's a moment that there is kind of like this anthem moment, isn't there? This, this moment where they, they're like, play that song. We paid tickets for that song, for that song, and we, we just want to sing it. Like, you've been waiting on this concert to sing. Like, we heard you, but we want to sing. We all want to say it together. We want to pray, like, sing these, these lyrics, this chorus together. Why? There's something about that. It's actually rooted in the scriptures. He's saying, hey, I want you to do that. There's something powerful that happens when you do that. The seventh word in, uh, in Hebrew of worship is sabah. Sabah means to what? I love this. To feel God's hold on us. Now, this is the most interesting um, idea to worship. 
So God would tell them, Elohim would tell them that you have to get into a moment. And obviously, they had their, in temple worship was very, uh, um, uh, very uh, organized in a sense. But there was moments where, where, the, where the priests, where the people were taken over with God's presence. They could, in fact, feel it. And there was, it's a form of worship. You see, you can be in a place, uh, a moment, an environment where people are singing and worshiping, and you can refuse not to enter into it. And you've been in those places because there's too much pain, or there's too much suffering, or there's too much doubt in your life, and you're like, I'm not quite sure, I don't want to get into it. And you look around, and everybody else seems to be in a trance. There are moments where you just look over, you go, that person is not here. <laughs> They're just not. What's going on? And it feels like God has taken hold of them. They feel like they, he is right there with them. Some of you, that marked your spirituality, didn't it? For some of us, we hold on to that, and we move into that, and we love those moments where you are over, you're, you're, you're at a point where you can go, okay, God, I feel you moving in me. I feel you moving. See, that happens during worship. And during worship, when you don't know what to do, you might want to go back to this, and I can post this on my Instagram, we'll post it on Facebook as well and other places for you to remember. All of these things matter. So when you're standing there in worship and you don't know what to do, there's so many things you can do. There's so many things you can do. There's so many things where you can go, God, I want you to take a hold of me. And the, reason, the way I do this, friends, this, this, last, this idea of sabbath, is when there is a song and I'm like, I don't know how to sing because singing is not my thing, you know. I, I, can't, I can't do it well. But I, what I can do is close my eyes and begin to pray and pray and pray and pray and ta start talking to God. I mean, I get more downloads of ideas, creativity, spiritual truth, even sermon series. All of this happens in worship. It all happens in worship. Worship for me is very personal, and I'll get into that, but these things, when we practice these things, they're particular, they're needed, they're necessary, and it will change your spirituality. And what's profound about this is that when you have people who walk in and who are just trying to wrestle with their faith, just, just watching you, man, there's some power that takes place when, God, when people come and there's a corporate worship going on. Not just private, but corporate worship. So let me, let, me, let me give you three things why. Why we should corporately worship. Like why it is necessary for you to walk in here when you come together and decide, I am going to participate and move away from just being me to being us. See, there's power when we do that, when we worship together. And what I realize is that we don't really talk a lot about that. We don't realize the responsibility, not pressure, but the responsibility and the privilege and the honor that we get to walk in and to be a part of something that, that will become this profound, joyful praise and worship to God. That, that yes, you can do all these things in um, some of these things or most of these things in private, but when you come together, when we come together, there's something that happens. So let me give you three things. Number one, I'm gonna say, number one, one is we remember. When we worship together, we remember together. Memory begins to uh, be born within us. For some reason, you know how smell, you can smell something and all of a sudden it takes you to a memory? 
There's certain things that happen in worship that you, that you go, you remember. You remember. That's why when people worship, you go, oh, man, it, 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 it fires me up. It lifts my faith. It gets me to believe more. Well, I don't know if, about that, but I'll tell you what it does do. See, sometimes when we, when we look at a situation, we just go, I just need to believe in this more. And you talk to some people about the same situation, and they believe more than you believe. And you go, I don't know. They just have more faith. They just believe more about the situation. But could it be possible that it's not because they believe more, they just remember more. They just remember. They remember God's hand. They remember how faithful God is. They remember how God good to us. So regardless, regardless of the situation, maybe it's about our, the muscle that we need to practice is this idea of remembering, not believing. Because sometimes believing is like, man, I am, I am so... I'm so overwhelmed with grief. I don't know what to do. And you're not going to go, oh, just believe. Because that's the last thing you want to hear, right? But I think what you can, what your soul can take is, hey, remember. Just remember. Remember. So I want to try something, okay? We've never done this before at Mosaic, okay? You're like, this is the service for everything, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been gone for two weeks. Hello, I'm ready. Okay, so... We remember, right? I want to try something. This is called a call and response. How many of you know what that even means? Okay, some of you. Okay, you're like, okay, I'm not quite sure if I like this. Okay, what's going to happen is we're going to learn to remember. Call and response means is I'm going to read a passage, and it's going to be uh, Psalm 136, and just parts of it, just parts of it, and then you, the congregation, people, and online need to repeat one. This is, this is your one line, okay? What is your one line? Okay, let me put it up there for you. This is your one line right here. Say it with me. All right, let's try this. This is what we're going to remember. Okay, starts off, one, Psalm 136. Give thanks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whew. Give name water. <laughs> let's try it again. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. To him who alone does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth <clears throat> upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and the stars to govern the night, he remembered us in our weakness and freed us from our enemies. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Man, what if we, what if we man, looked at our situation and go, but his love endures forever. But his love endures forever. Oh, I'm overwhelmed with sin. I can't, I'm so ashamed of who I have become. And then your soul says, but his what? So when, he, when you're, you're covered with the sense of loneliness, you go, no one will ever love me. I will never be in a relationship with someone knows me deeply, and I know them, and your soul will remember what? Man, we remember. When we worship, we remember the God who is pursuing us. We remember. The second thing we do is we, we, we release 
that there's something released when we worship. And we release, there's a power to having just let go of some things during worship that you could not let go of in a sermon, could not let go of like by talking to a person or a professional. There's something that happens during worship. You just have the power to release. Release forgiveness. Release this pain that you have. Release this bitterness. Release, it allows you to release and just kind of realign and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work. Worship allows us to release some things that doesn't make sense and that we really want to hold on to. And it does not compute in our body that we should act this kind of way, but it has the power to release certain things. A passage that, rem- that reminded me of this was Acts 16. So Acts 16, you've got uh, Paul and Silas and they have been preaching, you know, Jesus to a particular town, and they get into trouble. They get into trouble because they do all kinds of miracles, and at one point, there is this moment that takes place, and here's what happens. It says here in chapter 16, verse 22, it says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with what? With what? Wooden rods. Let's just stop right here. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, Paul and Silas were beaten with wooden rods. I mean, for preaching Jesus, for talking about Jesus. This is, this, is, this is a whole new thing of what we think of Christian persecution. No, they're beaten, beaten. And then what happened? Verse 23 says, they were severely beaten and then thrown They were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they did not escape. So the jailer put them into an inner what? Dungeon. And what what do you do? He, yeah, clamped their their feet in stocks, which means that now they've got like, uh, they've got like chains around their uh, ankles. They can't move. They're in a dungeon They've been beaten. I'm like, if I've been beaten for so long, severely, I'm not moving anyways. I'm not going anywhere. Just imagine that moment with them. Okay, this is how they were left. And them wondering, what's going on? We, all we did was talk about Jesus. All we did was do miracles. And in fact, the reason why, this particular reason why they're in there, the offense against them was they, they, they um, prayed for a woman and uh, cast out a demon from her. That was their punishment for doing this. And then verse 25, the story changes. The verse 25 says here, around midnight, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and, and what? Singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening. First of all, what? I'm beaten. Last thing I want to do is sing. I want to pray? Yeah, I'm praying for all kinds of things. But I'm singing. What, like what kind of soul sings after its body has been bruisedly, badly beaten? What kind of soul has the power to sing regardless of what's happening physically around them? What kind of soul sings when their body is bleeding and aching and is so uncomfortable? Have you ever been uncomfortable? Have you ever been sore? Have you ever had trouble sleeping? You're just uncomfortable. 
What kind of soul says, I'm going to sing? I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. Man, what happens? It seems like they were used to worship. It seems like they knew the power of what worship can do and why they worship. It seems like Paul and Silas grew up knowing the seven words of worship, knowing that there's something that happens, and knowing that when they sing, other people listen, and the spirit, sorry, the atmosphere changes, not just for them, but the people around them. They just knew that, that there were people listening. And then what happens? 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. And the prison uh, was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and, their chain, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And, this, and, then, and then, I mean, this is pretty profound. They worship, and we love the story. It all fall, fell off. Like you're praying for freedom, and it happens. Doors open. What do you do? You run out. Right? Not these guys. No, what happens? The jailer woke up and to see the prison door wide open. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill what? Himself. Himself. Because that was the punishment. But Paul shouted to him. To him. Who is that him? The same guy who was like, okay, we got to make sure these guys don't escape, so let's see, dungeon, and let's get put some chains I know, but they're beaten. They can't even walk. I don't care. No, this is the same guy. No, no, no. They shouted to him and said what? Stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. He had somehow, with worship and singing, got everybody on the same page. Hey, we're not, we're not leaving. Yeah, 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 but, but we prayed and awesome and freedom has presented itself and we run out in freedom. What makes a soul stay in prison for the sake of other people long enough just to care for them knowing that they had the freedom it seemed like Paul and Silas already knew they were free they were already convinced their soul was already free that even beaten chained their body might be controlled but their soul could not be controlled they just knew they had a perspective and what would happen in our jobs what would happen in our difficulties right now, in our, like, this, this situation that seems to be going nowhere? What would change in our cir- circumstances if we went, okay, 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 we can jump into and participate in worship, and it allows us to release all the things physically around us, and allows us to be so strong emotionally, so strong spiritually. And worship allows us that release. See, some of you, that's why during worship, you say, you know what, God, I'm done. I forgive that person. That's why in worship, some of you have gone, I'm, I, I surrender. I surrender. And when we corporately worship, friends, we release so much power, so much grace, so much love, so much God, that people walk in, they go, I don't know what's going on. People walked in, you've told me the story, some of you. I felt it, we parked the car. We parked the car, we walked in, I just felt it, felt it, felt it. Some of you, your story is, I came to Mosaic and I have been crying for the first, I was crying for the first three months. Every time worship would start, I was just crying. Because there's a release, there's a release, there's a release. So I just want to give you permission. If you find yourself just crying and weeping during worship, it's a good thing. You're releasing some stuff. That's why we worship. And lastly, we resist. We, re- re- we resist. The worship allows us to resist 
um, the enemy, to resist demonic things, darkness. It allows us to resist all the things that are coming against us. James 4 says, submit yourself then to God, which we've talked about. And then it says what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. First Samuel is a story where Saul and Paul, he was the king, and, Paul, and, and, and David had not become king. He was just working for uh, the king at that one point. And here's what it's interesting. It says here, it says um, in verse 23, it says, whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, which stop right there, by the way, they all, in the Old Testament, they thought everything was from God, okay? So they were like, from God, from God, because they were like, sickness is all from God, success is all from God. So there's a language barrier here. But it does say there was a tormenting spirit that troubled uh, Saul, David would play the what? Harp. Harp. And then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. See, I don't know about you if you've ever experienced demonic and darkness. Now, if you know anything about my story, I came to faith um, on Halloween a long time ago. Halloween day was my first day of coming to meet Jesus. That's when I met him. And my story is filled with like just some let's call it sci-fi, okay? Okay? Uh, it's some really crazy things um, and that I've talked about, and I do talk about it. I talk about it a lot in my book, but uh, I don't talk about it a lot in Sunday mornings just because I'm not quite sure where everybody is uh, because I don't want to, like, um, miscommunicate anything. But I will tell you that there is a darkness and there is an enemy that wants to kill and steal and destroy your life. Jesus, when he prayed, he prayed every time against this enemy. He'd pray. Now, he wouldn't describe it and all that, but he was like, there's an enemy of your soul, and there's a, there, there is a force against you. And for some of you, I understand um, a little bit about, you know, maybe the kind of depression we kind of go through. But there is depression, there is anxiety, and there is help. And I'm so glad that we talk about mental illness here. And also, there is demonic oppression. There's also things that happen to people, and there's a darkness that takes place, and you have had really strange experiences, because that world exists, my friend. And I, for me, personally, I have used worship as a weapon from day one. I use it all the time. You're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm not always playing this, this, the playlist I played for you, Okay. <laughs> But when there is darkness around me, when there's a sense of like, okay, what's going on? I fill the space with worship. Fill it with worship. And I've had people ask me, hey, would you pray over my house? Would you pray over this? There's, this, there's weird things going on over here. Or would you pray over this person? I cover it with worship first. Because there's something about God's presence, because it says here, it alludes to it in one passage, but it says it all over Scripture, that God inhabits the praise of his people. There's something that happens. There's a dwelling in. There's a coming and sitting with when, uh, when worship is, is uh, expressed. That God's presence comes in like a flood. And for some of you, you've been trying to fight this darkness. And I'm telling you, um, I mean, seeking professionals is great. And sometimes me- medication is the miracle you need. I'm not doubting that. But then there are times where, man, what you really need is to lose yourself in worship and become a person who is a worshiper. 
Because there's no, there's a reason why worshipers were sent out as the first people during a war in the Old Testament. There's a reason for that. And so when you start this battle, when you start this war against this darkness in your life with worship, you set the tone for victory in your life. You set the tone for something profound to take place in your life. You know, I was reminded by, uh, about this because uh, this past Wednesday I spoke to our youth uh, group and I talked to them about uh, my relationship with God. And we were just talking about how to relate to God. And I was reminded that my relationship with God, um, really, uh, as I grew up Muslim, was on a mat. Like I grew, uh, my relationship um, um, really consisted of, of praying to uh, Allah uh, on, on a mat like this. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but Muslims uh, use things like this, a prayer mat, and... Uh, you know, it's always symbolic. It's always beautiful. And, uh, but they pray in a particular language uh, in, in five particular times of the day, if you know, remember, and, but also in a particular language. And so regardless of what you speak, your native language, you only pray to Allah in Arabic. And so my relationship with Allah um, was really honestly not that personal because I never, I just, I just thought that this is it. This is what I could do. And then when I step into a relationship with Jesus, I find myself going, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on here? I can relate to God and worship him, not just with my native tongue, but with all the languages I speak. I can relate to, to him not just um, on a particular mat, but on any particular circumstance and situation. See, I don't know if you realize this, but all of religions limits the human experience when it comes to meeting and understanding God. That's why Jesus said, hey, you want to know the Father? You're not going to know the Father except through me. You want to know the full expression of who God is and his love for you and he, how he interacts with not just your mind, but your soul and spirit? You want to know that? You need to meet my Father in heaven. Because none of humanity will ever understand or begin to even step into all of who God is and begin to relate to him unless you do it through me. So when I am rem reminded of my past, of what I grew up, I go, wow, I get this honor to worship. And friends, so the next time when we are worshiping, in fact, we're going to get into a song. And, and this song in particular, I think it's perfect because it's one of those songs that allows us to kind of, kind of get lost in it a little bit. The whole idea is sabah, if you remember that. The whole idea of you feel him holding you. You feel him moving through you. Friends, we have the, the honor to do this, but we get so much of God when it comes to Jesus that sometimes I just go, other religions, man, I appreciate the, your uniqueness, and sometimes I envy your discipline, but man, you're missing out on this intimacy with God. Because guess what? You never do in Islam uh, during worship time. You never sing. There is no song. There is no dance. There is no music. There is no acting a fool. There's none of that. And so what if you and I would understand the privilege we get and then stepped into it. That's why, that's why we worship. So I pray for us, I want to pray for us, that 
when you come in, it would, worship would not be the coffee before the sermon. It wouldn't be the caffeine to get you awake. You could, maybe you could use one song if you want. But then you would go, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for topics like this. I thank you, God, that even uh, in this moment we realize, God, that there's something profound that happens when we come and worship together, together, not just by ourselves, but together. Father, I thank you that, that, that you can move not in just this room, but even in the chat room, even in online uh, environments, God, you can move. You can move in where we are, maybe even we're together with someone else, in our, with our families, just listening to this. You can move because you want to move. God, I'm so thankful that you're the God who says, hey, um, I want all of you, but I'm going to give you all of me. And I'm going to allow you to experience me in a way that, that, that is only a glimpse of what you're going to experience on the other side of eternity. God, I pray that you would lead us. And for some of us, today would be the day that we truly begin to understand why we worship. No, more, no longer are we going to be awkward in worship. We're going to focus on you, what you're doing in us and through us. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. God, I know that as we worship, some of us are going to go maybe receive communion. Some of us might go to the cross. Some of us might need to just sit and soak and feel you sitting right next to us. God, I pray that we would enter into this moment. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.